Hello, and welcome to The Growth-Minded Marriage. My name's Kevin, and I'm joined by my wife, Mary. We are a uniquely ordinary Midwest couple pursuing what it means to live our values out loud, release expectations, and dedicate ourselves to growth and the pursuit of our most authentic selves together. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Growth-Minded Marriage. I'm Kevin here with Mary. And before we get started, I wanted to do our fair due diligence on this podcast. We really strive to be accurate and um, we want to be transparent with that. So we actually had a listener fact checked us um, and it was in response to my childhood Easter baskets that I said that um, we would get on vacation. A listener of ours actually informed me that it wasn't baskets, it was small baggies. <laughs> so I just wanted to throw that out there. I don't want to you know, lead anyone astray. So just so we're aware and fully open, it was Easter baggies. Was that one of your sisters? Yes. Ah, it's good to know they're listening closely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to this episode. We are kind of in a weird phase, a weird spot in life in the best way possible. We are wanting to focus this episode on a recommitment to our life and to ourselves. Are we committed to that subject? (laughs) I think in March, our Soul Matters group, which is a deep listening uh, conversational group that we do through our Unitarian Universalist Church, met and for the month we were discussing commitment. And there was one quote that really, really stuck out to me. And it was right when I was sort of coming down off of really the past two years of work and growing and pushing and figuring. And then the last three months was just very, very intense. It was like the home stretch. And so then this quote came up on my radar and it just really hit me at the right time. And so I kind of want to base this whole episode off of Kevin and I just talking about what life feels like right now. So what's the quote, though? So the quote is by David Brooks, which I tried to Google a little bit who that was. And he's like a New York Times columnist. And I think he's done a bunch of other things since. Mel Brooks' brother? I don't think so. But the quote is, most of life is choosing what you've already chose. Our lives are stories of recommitment, which could not feel more true. And we kind of touched on in the last episode how Kevin and I are feeling pretty disconnected. And we had found those 36 deep questions to work towards more intimacy and to feel more connected to each other because all of this growing that we've been doing, and in particular, I've been doing has just created a lot of change. Like I feel like I'm a much different person. Yeah, I think this quote's probably very poignant for you because I feel like as you've kind of gone on this journey, so much of what you're exploring is like, oh, I've been doing everything so wrong and I never thought about any of this before. And you know, it's all that discovery. And I think that for a long time, you thought you had to leave a lot of it behind, or at least you had some misgivings about where life had taken you to that point. I don't agree with much of that, actually. You're like, this isn't the career that I wanted. No, it wasn't. It was the fact that I love my career, but there was more. You've been talking about like how life was just happening before. Yeah, life was, it was an unconscious thing. But I still was saying I got to this career that somehow magically I love and I'm really good at and I'm passionate about it. But I just felt like this, there was more. And I think a lot of that message of feeling like there was more and feeling so unsettled was just because I 
didn't allow in my whole self, like in terms of what kind of life I want to build, how I want to feel when I wake up, meaning what do I want to do on those days professionally. And then I think a big part is, of course, my sexuality and the total embrace of what my sexuality means to me and how that interplayed with my trauma. Like all of that was just unconscious to me. Sure. But I think early on in this discovery process, your strategy was like, hey, I just need to I'm going to quit my job and figure things out. And so it wasn't necessarily originally a recommitment to what you already chose. No. I think you're getting there now, which is why I'm saying this is a very poignant quote for you. Yeah. I think so much of what happened over the last, I keep calling it different timeframes, but, you know, basically over the last two years is that I realize that everything that's happened to me, everything that I've been doing, whether it was conscious or unconscious, led me to the point where I got to make an active choice and say, first, I don't feel good. I'm not happy. What is it going to take to make me happy? And then second, what are those things that make me happy and how can I put more of those in my life? And I thought to do that, to figure out what makes me happy and put more of them in my life, I had to have like a bare life. I had to quit my job or I thought, oh, I'm going to quit my job and allow for all of this time. And I'm going to, you know, go on silent retreats and I'm going to do a bunch of therapy. And luckily, during that process, I hit a lot of right things. It was right to go and talk to someone and go to therapy and ask myself some very big, deep questions and it was right to explore what makes me happy and what triggers those that passion feeling. But because we have a family and a mortgage and I have a husband who I've already made commitments to, I couldn't just blow everything up, even though it felt like I wanted to. That's the thing. At many times, you thought that you wanted to. Yes. And so I think it luckily- It took you a while yes. to get to the point where you then acknowledge that- You wanted to recommit to what you had. Yeah. Well, and luckily, because I couldn't do what my first impulse was, which was to blow it all up and do something totally different, I was forced to stay in it and to find solutions while I was in it. I mean, it was just the epitome of the growth mindset. Like, okay, you can't totally quit your job because you still need insurance and you have a mortgage and a family. So I started to think about things differently. Like, all right, how can I bring my whole self, my most authentic self to work. If it's not going to be any longer about getting all of my needs met, emotional, psychological needs met at work by just doing my job, you know, just delivering anesthesia, how can I feel my whole self there? And it was, you know, doing a bunch of things that I'm going to share in our June podcast episode because it's going to be uh, like the CAA week for my profession, like our recognition week. So I'm going to talk about just my journey to taking my dream job on paper and turning it into my most authentic dream job. Yeah, I think a lot of people have regrets about the choices that they make. And it just like, you know, you, you choose one door and then all these other doors close. And I think for a while you were like, gosh, I really am curious about those other doors. Mm-hmm. And I feel like now you're kind of at the point where I kind of feel like I am. It's just like, wow, look what's beyond this door. The one door. Yes. Yes. And there's so many opportunities there to explore. Yeah. Yeah. Once you close all the other doors, you can allow life to be simpler, 
calmer because you're not constantly wondering about all the other options. And then you can just dive more deeply into the one thing you've chosen. Yeah. That and you recommitment. Know Sometimes there's more doors through that door you chose. Yes. Which is, which is basically what we've landed in now. So coming off of all of this growth that I've personally done, I've landed basically at the point that Kevin was at the beginning of the pandemic where he was just feeling really satisfied with life. He was feeling like life was enough, that his professional and personal life were going in the right direction. And I think you didn't have a ton of expectations, which is what allows a lot of this to also be satisfying, is that you're not missing benchmarks because you didn't have a huge expectation. Right. And Luckily, what Kevin has chosen to do and what I have chosen to do professionally provides us the opportunity to live life in a slower, calmer way. Um, And that's true. And, and, you know, that's privilege. That's a lot of privilege. And that's not always the case for everyone. But I do think on top of that, just inherent privilege to the professions you and I have, we've made a lot of choices along the way that have allowed that privilege to be more expansive. Yeah. What I'm hearing is that you could have saved yourself like a year and a half if you just would have listened to me from the beginning. (laughs) There is no way I would have ever come to this point if I wouldn't have done all this inner work. There's no way. I just, it's like telling someone who's depressed to not be sad anymore. Like, oh, look how happy I am. Just don't be sad anymore. Like, that just does not work that way. Yeah, I I realize that. I've, I've given up on trying to solve other people's problems for them. Yeah. It doesn't work. No. And just so much of my turning point was realizing that a lot of what made me feel so unsettled and so confused and lost and just like this burning, itching feeling in me that something wasn't right, that was just shame. That was what shame feels like. I just, I had no idea. And the knowledge acquisition of figuring out what shame is, what it feels like, how it manifested in my life, where it came from, how come I couldn't get over it. All of that was just, I had to learn that. That was that was the growth mindset again in action. And it was just a long process of me learning a whole bunch of stuff, applying it to my own life, doing a whole bunch of deep questions on myself, and coming out the other side. And there was like a number of rebirths in that process. Like there was more than just this clean, you know, now everything's great. It was like shedding. It was a shedding, basically. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there's there's learning, relearning, unlearning, and then learning some more. Yeah. In terms of this recommitment, I had gone back and listened to our first episode, Our Dream Life, and you have just recently listened to it. Didn't you go back? I, I don't know if I've ever listened to that one. No, I thought you just were listening to it because we were talking about like, oh, I wonder how far we'd come. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, maybe I meant to tell you that. But mm. I just listened to it. And so much of what we said is absolutely still true. Where, I wa- where can we find our podcast? <laughs> I wanted to wake up in the morning and have the time and space to be like, what does my body want to do today? And just have like a buffet of options and pursue whatever it was that, you know, stirred me that morning. But unsettled inside of me was this feeling that like something's not right. And probably while I'm looking for all of these passion projects and looking for what lights me up, I'm going to stumble upon my whole self, which ended up being true, but it didn't just happen. It was like a whole bunch of work and therapy. And the podcast helped a lot, I think. Thanks, podcast. Yeah. What are you wanting to recommit? I mean, how does that resonate with you? I feel like a lot of this is more of a year thing. I mean, I think for me, like it's been a much longer journey. 
I started earlier, so it's been a much longer journey. And maybe the big difference is like, I think when I was young, I never thought my life would be as good as it is right now. So I think maybe I have a little bit more gratitude for it. Every day I wake up and it's like, wow, didn't expect it to be this good. Mm -hmm. And I just think a life without shame, even though you were bullied and had some experiences where that could have been imprinted on you, but for some reason you were spared and I was not. I think it just transformed differently. Whereas you felt shame, I felt like a chip on my shoulder. I see. And you know, I've been chipping away at that chip for a long time now. Yes. So Kevin's growth process over this past year has really been a release of his ego, which has been just monumental in your life in terms of allowing you to be more successful because once you release your ego that other people are going to identify that you're successful and they're going to hear about you or know your name or that you're going to have this huge impact, you can focus on what makes you feel good. Yeah. With If no one else sees you, what makes me feel good? And once you start feeling that good, you're like, well, I don't care if anyone knows about this. Is What does it matter? I feel too good. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that for me, it was just like I, I just had to be a high achiever. Like that was more important than me than anything else. And that's what your ego pushed you to do. Right. Like I needed to be more successful and I needed to have the acknowledgement and all that bullshit. Yeah. It's like last year when our son was in kindergarten, I made a commitment to go to a school and be in his classroom and have lunch with him basically every Thursday, which I love doing. But I wanted everybody to know how hard I busted my butt Mm -hmm. for the rest of the day to be able to do that. To take the break and be there. Right, yeah. I felt so uncomfortable being like, oh, no, 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 I'm not like a stay-at-home dad who's not doing anything else all day. Like, Mm -hmm. let me give you the list of 500 things that I did to be able to uh, Mm -hmm. be able to be here right now. Yeah. And now, like, I could literally care less. Yeah. And that's been work. Oh, yeah. That's been... Certainly. Kevin's never been to therapy, but that's been a lot of facing why you need to feel that way. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just, like, I know this is the best life possible that I could be leading right now. So why wouldn't I lean into it? Yeah, there's been a lot of things recently where I'm like, hey, babe, did you know that, you know, just living an ordinary life like that feels so expansive? Like, I just I love that feeling. He's like, yeah, I know. I've been saying that for quite some time. Yeah, epi- I'm like episode two, Mary. <laughs> yeah. And so and I just feel like we were on the right path. We knew what we kind of wanted to achieve, but I didn't fully, fully feel that. And I just feel like it was all this outside noise. Like I was looking for all these people to show me how they did it. And, you know, I just feel like that is that entrepreneurial message right now, especially to women. If you want more, like more is possible. And I felt that. But what I really at the end of the day wanted and what I achieved was my feeling of more was a complete satisfaction with who I am as I am right now, not needing to do anything or be anything more than what I am. And that became my more. More is within yourself, Mary. It, it, but it's, I, I, can I say that again? Like the feeling of more and it being expansive and that anything's possible and that all opportunities are open to me is not actually what the culture says more is. What it actually is, is being satisfied and feeling enough. That feels like more. That yeah. feels like the thing that you're searching, that I was searching for, that everyone truly is searching for. Right. And a boat. Well, yes, and a boat, of course. 
And we were inching towards that. And our life has just allowed this to unfold for us. And then the past two years for me was just the really active part of me unfolding this truth. And so we're just recommitting to the idea that we've had from the beginning that we want life to just be slow and we want to feel satisfied. We want to feel enough. We do not want to compare ourselves to other people or get that feeling like more means more things or more doing or more activities or more friends. Like, Yeah, just to go back to an early episode for this podcast, I think for me, the more thing that I was searching for was time. Yeah. I just think that the whole concept of more is a trap. It's an advertising gimmick to make you a constant consumer. And I think as humans, we just tend to overvalue ourselves. And at the end of the day, we're just a life form. Mm -hmm. I mean, just think of us as like plants. Mm -hmm. You give a plant too much water, guess what? It drowns. You give it too much sun, it burns. I think people are the exact same way. But we get trapped in the cycle of trying to do more and more and more and more. And we don't actually realize that there's a cost to that. Yeah, I completely agree with that. But also the sticky part is I was not satisfied. Like I didn't feel complete and happy and like this was it. I knew there was more, but the idea of more was just a more complete understanding of who I am in like the most inner way, like the most internal way. Right. Outside of the trappings of everything else. Yeah. And that's what I was really searching for. And this whole journey of starting this podcast was very few people are talking about the lifelong process or what I was interested in was the mid 30s process of finding your whole complete self outside of what you do for money, outside of a comparison culture, and really just looking at feeling as good as you can possibly feel on the inside. That was the more that I wanted to hear about. Mm -hmm. And maybe more is just the wrong word. It's Mm -hmm. enough. Yes. That is the word truly that describes the way I feel now. It's just enough. It is the most amazing feeling the most amazing feeling and it's so ordinary yeah (laughs) it's so it's just very hard to come across i think unless you feel it and you just know that you're completely satisfied with yourself and can also hold the truth of like a continued evolution yeah i mean i think that in it of itself is just our purpose yeah so that is our growth-minded marriage message for sure And our recommitment is just to keep that as our North Star and keep creating a life around the feeling of enough and allowing in all of the uncertainty that it's going to bring and just embracing it and just kind of letting the woo-wee way show us what's next. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that wraps up this episode. We are going to continue this new way of feeling and being and just allowing it to touch every aspect of our life. And Kevin and I still have some work to do with each other and just reconnecting as these newly emerged people. And really, I'm newly emerged, but you are coming out of a period where you were just such a support person that you were 
more of my mentor than you were my husband. And we just need to kind of reset back to what does our love look like now? I think that just takes some time and I'm totally up for however long it takes. And knowing that we've had a commitment to each other that we are going to put in the work to feel good again or feel complete again in our marriage. And it means that there has to be a reality of intimacy that can only happen if you and I together in the same room, not doing our own separate things that light us up and bring us joy, but that we are choosing each other over everything else and potentially leaving the house and going somewhere and just seeing what our relationship feels like outside of these four walls. Yeah. And for full disclosure, mom, she's just talking about holding my hand. (laughs) Yep. All right. Well, this ended up being, I think, as clear of a conversation as we possibly could have had about these very emotional, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Metaphysical. Revelations. Revelations. Clear as mud. Clear as mud. But, you know, this is our journey. So it only has to make sense to us. And our fact checkers. (laughs) I hope everyone enjoyed hearing about our latest stage of life. And we will get back with you in two weeks. And everything will be different. Everything will be different. No, probably not. I hope not. This feels too good. I just I don't I don't want to lose this. And I just I don't feel like I'm going to. I'm just not I'm not scared about what's coming next. I totally embrace it. So thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. Toodles poodles. (laughs) 